hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to 1010 Would Recommend. It is me, it is I, Tolly T. And it's me, Gina. Boop, 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 boop. Shots. Um, Gina wants shots. <laughs> but we are currently recording this in the morning. What is the earliest you've ever had a drink? Uh, <laughs> do you know what? I feel like when you go on holiday, any time's game. Yeah, I definitely had a drink at 8 a.m. in Gatwick Airport. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And didn't think anything. Do you, you know what? I think it's British culture. Oh, really? I think a drink at the airport in the morning is a part of being a Brit. It is. Yeah, you're so right. You're it's so Brit. right. You know what? I'll never forget when the third, fourth, I don't even know what number lockdown finished and yeah. the pubs was open. It was 11.30 a.m. Why am I seeing people... Already drunk at the pub. I said, nah. Okay, you have been in England longer than I have. I want to know, yeah. why are pubs such integral parts of British culture? That's a really good question. Mm-hmm. I do not know the answer to that because I have been in this country longer than you, but I'm also black. <laughs> <laughs> it is and I'll be honest, not much thing. a big part of culture. It is, it is. Even uni culture drinking, mad, yeah. mad. Why is it that black Brits didn't... Actually, yeah, I know why. You know why! The pubs were very racist. (laughs) (laughs) That's why. We kind of weren't allowed in them. So that's why. But like, I wonder if eventually... No. All the pubs are going anyway. Where are they going? They're all getting sent to Tesco's. Oh, right. Okay, well, there you go. If there's one less racist pub in the world... Jesus. The Queen's Head, if it's gone, I guess it's gone. You know, <laughs> not the Queen, yeah, but they're always head. called the Queen's Head. The Fox and the Horse? Yeah, all of that. There's one name here called the Shipping Shovel. Just quickly, let's talk a little <laughs> bit more about British culture here. There's some parts of British culture that I love. slap. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, all love. those dances, like Saturday night. That's a brilliant no, baby. I'm sorry. That's... Keep that in the culture. Yeah, keep it. I want keep that. It. that is and good. I want it to live long in school discos. Yes, oh, yes. Oh my yes. God. Because school discos, unlike Americans, there was no like limo. There was no. It was in the school hall. Yeah, 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 yeah. And true. it was like shit drinks and dilute to taste. And when I say dilute to taste, I mean squash. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And that was all you had. Yeah. And a shit sandwich. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, how type British culture? How type British culture? And binge honestly. drinking. Right, so the homework. The homework for next week is The Harder They Fall. And this is a Western, predominantly all black I think it's all black Western. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Directed by James Samuel, who, by the way, his brother is Seal. The singer Seal? Yeah, the one who... Ah! Oh, yeah, that's a great family. Well done, them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. So, let me read you the synopsis. Gunning for revenge, outlaw Nat Love, who's played by Jonathan Majors, saddles up with his gang to take down enemy Rufus Buck, a ruthless crime boss who just got sprung from prison. Directed by James Samuels, produced by Jay-Z, so Jay-Z did the soundtrack and also produced it. James Lasseter, it's got Idris Elba in it, it's got Jonathan Majors, it's got Zazie Beats, it's got Regina King, Delroy Lindo, Lakeith Stanfield, it's got so many bloody people in it. It's got sick cast. Okay, so this premiered, right? And I don't think we can talk about the harder they fall without talking about Gina meeting Jay-Z. <laughs> Gina met Jay-Z. And the morning after I rang Gina, Gina didn't pick up my phone five times. <laughs> when she mentioned it, I was like, what, because you met Jay-Z, you can't answer my phone calls anymore. <laughs> okay, but to be fair, okay. as soon as I had that picture of my reaction to meeting Jay-Z, I sent it to you straight I away. I sent it to my friend in group chat. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not Jay-Z. <laughs> 
Yes. Okay. So, what happened when you met Jay Z? So this is what happened. First and foremost, what I will say is I've actually thought about you that when this happened because I could hear you say, "How were you not prepared to?" But we were told numerous times that we were not going to be able to get any time with Jay Z. Mm-hmm. We were told. No question for JT. So I did not have a question for him. I didn't. That's my truth. I okay. didn't have a question for him. And so he comes now. Everybody's chatting, blah, blah. Thinking, oh, we ask again, any time with JT? No. He's walking a bit far and, oh, no time with JT. Oh, fine. Okay, fine. Then someone goes up to him and then asks him, I see him coming towards us. And I'm thinking, oh my God. We're going to have time with JT. We're going to have time with JT. But still, I was with two other journalists and we were told that we'd have one question between the three of us. And the guy next to me took the question. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, you know what? I'm here. I've seen him. I've heard him. Did you smell him? I s- actually, no, sadly not. Uh. Sadly not, but I'm sure he smelled good because he yeah. looked great. And I was like, it's actually good that the guy next to me is taking that question because I, as I said, don't have a question for him. So Jay-Z's now talking, 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 talking. And then he just looks straight at me, my heart pumping. Oh my Waiting God. for oh a my question. God. Oh my God, oh my God. It's Jay-Z. Thinking, it's Beyonce's husband. It's Beyonce's husband. I'm thinking, because I didn't have a question. The same eyes that used to look at you, you used to just look at Beyonce. But- I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. And I didn't want to make a joke because usually I'm very used to making jokes. I've got one question for Jay-Z. It's yeah. got to be something good. What did you ask him? Obviously he did the soundtrack. So I asked him about his inspiration when it came to composing the soundtrack and how he feels about debut and that. Something very generic. His answer, Jay, if you ever listen to this, your answer was great, babe. Your answer was really good. But my question was, it was really shocking. I was very starstruck. Is that the most starstruck you've been? That's the most famous person I've ever met in my life. I mean, fair. Jay-Z's up there. But it was really, really good. He was very, very nice. I will down out on that picture forever. I know. Forever. It, it, was, it was an absolutely great picture. It's a really, really and good picture. And it's actually nice to have a picture when you meet someone famous. Because I don't know if I could ask a picture. Because the most famous person I'd met was Drake and I couldn't ask for a picture. Yeah, that story is so good. Very, quickly. very quickly. When, yeah. when, when Tolly met Drake. So if you don't know, I love Drake. Yeah, you are his like, biggest I fan. I absolutely love him. Like, love him, love him, love him. So anyway, um, Top Boy. It was actually for Top Boy. Yeah, the premiere. There was an after party and there was an after after party. Mm-hmm. You know, having a laugh, whatever. Getting a drink at the bar. Yeah. So anyway, having a little dance, whatever. And he comes over. So he knows my friend Julie. They say hi to each other. And Julie's like, oh, this is my friend Tolly. And I'm like, nah, Drake. She did you a solid. She <laughs> did you a solid. We hug. And I go in for the double kiss. Like, because if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to take my time. Uh, yeah. And he fumbles the double kiss. Like, he goes in for one and he kind of does like, oh, oh. Imagine if you guys would have kissed the lips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, you fancy. Oh, you're fancy. You're classy, right? I was like, I am. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And what makes it even better is there is a Drake lyric where he says, no wonder I keep fumbling all these double kisses. Wow. Which is true. Because it's true. Wow. He fumbled it. Wow. All right, let's move on to the topic of the day. At hand, yes. The homework, which you should have watched for today, was Colin in Black and White. As a reminder, this one was an exploration of former NFL player Colin Kaepernick's high school years and his experience that led him to become an activist. Obviously, he was the person who took the knee and became very famous after that, like even more famous. And there was lots of controversy after that for why he took the knee, et cetera, et cetera. So it talks about that and his journey towards that. And it's narrated by Kaepernick himself. So he's kind of looking at his own It's really interesting because... I assumed it was going to be the normal documentaries that you get, so which is just like, you know, people sat down in a dark room and they're just talking to the camera mm-hmm. and they get their friends and family talk. That's just what I assumed it was going to be. And it's just going to be about telling us about his life. Yeah. And what I liked about it was that it was a new way of doing documentaries. Yeah. So it was kind of like a drama doc. 
So you're watching Colin's life play out. It's also a documentary where he's talking about what's happening in his life sort of thing. Yeah, that's true. And it feels like every episode is some sort of a lesson, especially black American history. Mm-hmm. So the first episode was on cane rolls and Alan Iverson and the yes. first time Colin got cane rolls in his hair and what his hair means to him. I mean, he rocks a huge afro, which is clearly a statement. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, his story. So a bit of background on Colin. He's adopted by two white parents. Oh, he's adopted. Yes. I was really trying to figure Sorry, out. Why did you not work that out? I don't know what happened, honestly. He was adopted. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's adopted by two white parents. And I hope they don't watch it together because his parents are dickheads. Yeah. If that's true to anything that they actually are like, Mm-mm. fucking hell. It was one of the things where it's like you don't know what you don't know. But like, yeah. I felt like the sort of portrayal of them was like they weren't very empathetic at times. Yeah, but like when they, they wanted awful. him to shave his head yeah, off. Yeah, they his were hair absolutely off. awful. And I love the bit like you see him acting out his life and every time his mum cooks, he like just... Add salt and pepper. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. my God, that is one thing I really feel sorry for people with like white parents. Mm. Like, what if the food is shit all the time? <laughs> yeah, but you'd be used to it, wouldn't you? This is what I didn't Colin understand. Wasn't. He kept adding salt and pepper to every meal. I know. Even the dad was like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. And you know food is bad when you add ketchup to it. Yeah. Do you know like, some girls that don't need ketchup because it's so bad that I'm just going to sprinkle this with ketchup. So I thought that was interesting. But yeah, yeah the first episode... There were so many parts of it that, like, he made really interesting points. In yes, it. yes. But I'm going to talk about the first episode because okay. it made me rethink stuff. So when watching this whole series, I kept thinking, who is this for? Because mm. it feels very educational. Yes. So it feels like if we're talking to children, maybe black children who are kind of, like, dealing with growing up black in America, mm-hmm. or it's talking to white people who don't know the struggles. Mm-hmm. And I'm neither of those people. So it's not really talking to me. Everything he talks about, I already know. Right. But the first episode, when they concentrate on his hair, yeah. As a black woman, I'll be honest, I've been selfish in thinking that's only been our struggle. Yeah, you're I've right. never considered how black men dealt with their hair. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, I've never really I've considered never that really either. I've never thought about it being a struggle for them. I've never really thought about them going through anything awful about it. It's always been a struggle that I thought just belonged to black women. Mm. So that was interesting for me to see that. And also because I am known for always talking about how much I hate it when black men grow their hair. I just cut it down. And then I started thinking, oh my God, is it because of white people that I think this? Could decolonize your man, because you got decolonize your I man. Sister. Decolonize my man too far gone. No, but I, yeah, I get what you mean. I really felt for him with the hair struggle because it's like, you're right, you have to learn it. And also, like, generally, hair and like cane row and like looking out and maintenance is seen as like a more feminine thing. Yeah. When he first got it done, it was all slick and everything, and he was trying to make it look how it was before. Yeah, and it yeah, just, it just wasn't. wasn't. Yeah, and it was getting messy a lot easier and things like that. And I was just like, oh my god, and then the, the struggle. scene of when he first gets it done, really tight, and he can't sleep because oh I god, know. Yeah. And he had the red, oh the red bump. My I've been god, there. I've been there so many times when I've done your hair so tight, and you know when your head is like this, like you can't lean back because you can feel the back of it. Like yep. so you just like this. Yeah, you don't sleep. It's a headache, and you just have to be like that for a week until it wears out. Yeah, yeah. When I really think about it, the fact that we regard that as a normal as experience, a normal experience. Yeah, is yeah. really yeah. worrying. Like I would be in agony. And also, there's an interesting line he says that having white parents, mm-hmm. he used to walk around with white audacity. Yeah. And I was like, that is such a good line. Mm. In this idea that, like, I'm not different, blah, 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 blah. So I went to ask you, Gina, at what age yeah. did you realise that this ain't right and you had to start <laughs> doing things to be acceptable? And then also, okay. when did you realise that, why am I getting treated differently? Oh, that is a really good question. Okay, to be acceptable black, first day of year seven. Oh, wow. What happened? Okay, so my secondary school was in a place called Orpington in Kent. I had never heard of this place before. And I was the only black person in my class. And you know where I grew up. So I was like, I never used to pronounce my T, like everything. Yeah. And um, 
I've said in it on my first day and a girl in my class called me a chav. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. And from then, I was like, oh. Yeah. I have to change the way that I talk and act here. Yeah. And also, like, the way that I was at school, I was a novelty because, as I say, I was, like, one of the only black people. I was loud, I was boisterous, and I would play it up as well Mm -mm -mm. because, like, people just found it really funny. Yeah. I kind of, like, relied on that personality to get me but truly it works but it is exhausting but um I would say yeah first day of year seven is when that happened yeah when you do that kind of change yourself to be like acceptable work what happens when you then go back to where you're from and they're like why are you acting like that because that's what happened to me yeah 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 because like I would go to school and I'd be in this very very white predominantly white area and talk one way and then come back and then code switch back. But then it's like the code switching never 100% switch. Like yeah, 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 yeah. So people would be like, why are you talk like that? Like you talk bare posh, you talk bare white. to be, be like, a teenager and learning that you had to start code switching. Oh my God, I've got co- a teenager. That's mad to realise like I have to be this way here. Honestly. Another way here and like all the things I have to do to be accepted. I went to a private school in a predominantly white area as well. I think there was probably in my year, probably about... Me, me, Mariam and Callum. So I remember being at a friend's house. It was so innocent. And every time I think about it, it feels really like a scene from a movie. And I remember being at a mate's house. She lived across the road from primary schools. And like, she had a lovely garden and whatever. And we were playing in the garden. And we just sat there, like, legs crossed and picking on the flowers. He loves me, loves me not. Mm-hmm. And her mum came in and she went into the garden and she just, like, looked at me for a while. Mm. And I was just like, hey, like, like, what? And then she went, oh, she's pretty for one of them, isn't she? Oh. And I've been like... How old were you? Oh, I'm holding year five. Gosh, that's so interesting. And I don't know what I thought she meant by for one of them, but then I remember that stayed with me because sometimes, like, as I was going to pass, like, you know, the white people think I'm pretty. Mm. Like, it, it became a form of, like, acceptance for me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, And yeah, I had to yeah. be like, no, like, that's mad. That's so interesting. That's mad for you to feel above because a white lady said you're pretty for a black girl. Mm, that's so interesting. And then how that then plays out in your other In your life and yeah. how you... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think yeah, when I realised yeah. that things weren't right was... So my mum has always brought us up to be well-behaved. And I know it's because of her fear of black kids being naughty. Yeah. So we'll be out and like the white kids are running up and down. having, And this happens to Colin as well, actually. He's mm. out at this baseball tournament and the white kids get to like be boisterous and play about and blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, yeah, But every yeah. time he does yeah. something, he's aware that he's being watched and mm. he has to be a lot more careful and he can't be as boisterous. And I found that that carried on to me to add up life, especially in terms of being angry. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I was like, Tlani, like, even if you're really annoyed right now, rein it in because... Mm-hmm your annoyance is going to look worse. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That took me on to be like, you have to be well behaved. Mm. Otherwise, your naughtiness stands out more than other people. Mm. I probably noticed it, but like, I didn't have the language to articulate yeah. what was happening. But I didn't really notice that things weren't right or I was treated differently until it came to boys. That's right, when I yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, I am... <laughs> <Don't like me. laughs> no one likes me. Yeah. And I'm not being funny, but... I was, was also not thing. slim. I was, <laughs> everybody was so tiny because obviously they were like 14, yeah, 15 year yeah, old girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like a yeah. D cup when I was 12. So I was like huge. Weirdly enough, that's what made me start making black friends. Like, yeah, I think that's what happened like to me nine, as well. Because we, like, we used to like go to the park with our white friends and there would be in the corner like kissing them over. Like, you'd be swinging in the park on your own. On the swing, no one didn't give, give a, a damn about me. Oh my God. No one gave a damn. There are numerous things that weren't working in my favour when it came to men attention. But that's when I was like, oh, interesting. Mm-mm-mm. I even question it now because 
I never really ever got angry. I was yeah. always just like made a joke of things, blah, blah. And it's funny, when I started to get the language and be able to articulate myself and when I was starting to say that things are wrong, call things out, people didn't like it. Yeah, of course not. So like, but you never said anything yeah. about before. And I think Colin does that as well. I feel like he looks back on it to be like, yo, that was messed up. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are having that now because now there is the language for it. Yeah. That's what I found interesting. Yeah. Him, like seeing things with eyes now that are more woke. Mm. And I guess maybe that's a different experience as being... One mixed race. I know yeah. America is very different. I know America have a one drop rule. Yeah, 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 yeah. And two, being raised by white parents. Yeah. And then three, now the magnitude of who he is mm. and seeing it. So I reckon he's looking back for him is going to be a lot different. Definitely. And you know what else I found super interesting about this is like how athletes are treated mad in it's America. The, it's like machines. It's the weirdest it thing. It is mad. It's and mad. it's like, I don't know if it's predominantly black, but there's a lot of black athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He compares it to the way that they used to look and like weigh up and check up slaves. And it's interesting because college football they take it so seriously mm-hmm. they take college sports so seriously in a way that like we don't give a shit about I feel like yeah here. but you know what I think it's because it's part of the American dream it's one of the things that's going to get you out of your situation mm. and you know America is so big on this American dream or whatever and often it's the athletes that like from rags to riches yeah, it's like for yeah, them it's athletes yeah. it's rappers it's musicians yeah. it's one of the ways yeah, yeah, yeah to yeah, make it out outside of, the ways that they make of education out, you're so right sort of thing and I don't really think that dream is as big here for us in terms of no to be fair, we're just not as aspirational, I don't think. Well, I feel like we've also got less to offer. But yeah, I find it interesting because the way that they just train them and train them, like there's a scene where um, Connor's like, oh, that he's feeling tired or sick or something. And then <laughs> the coach is like, oh yeah, just go for a run. He's like, you're going to make me run when I, I feel I'm sick. sick and I've got headaches. He's like, yeah, just, I'm thinking. But then the man's line was sick though. Yeah. He was just like, yeah, so that you can do it even though you are tired and sick. His parents came across so badly on that. I went to go search to see if he still talks to them. <laughs> Does he? Yeah. What do they think about that? Because it's a bit... Maybe now they've learned stuff so they realise it. Yeah. But then again, they have the white audacity. Mm. So maybe that's why they just didn't see anything wrong with what they were doing. You're right. No, it was really, really interesting. And I'll be honest, my most narcissistic self was like, oh, I'd love to do a documentary like this. Oh, I want a documentary about me so I would love to narrate my own life story. That's the only reason why I work hard. Really? So that one day there'll be a documentary about me. That's the only reason. Yeah, this morning I was thinking about what I want to be on my Wikipedia page and I was thinking, I need to do a bit more. What would your doc be called? Ooh, that is a good question. What would my doc be called? Oh, I don't know. Gina, there's more to the story. (laughs) (laughs) The reason she's made that joke is because my full name is Gina Ward. Just so everybody knows. (laughs) That she's made. I'm here all night, people. <laughs> she's here all night. She's here all night, lads. Terrible. It's what really would yours bad. be? I have no idea. I like the idea of a docudrama. What bits would you show? All of it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going to do a documentary, do it properly. So this What's week... What's the special date this week? The special day is... Diwali... Happy Diwali and them man. Happy Diwali and them man. Have you guys seen that? I if just you guys feel don't like... know that video, it's possibly the best thing I've ever seen on the internet yep. in my whole life. Yep. Think about how long the internet's been going. It and is all the amazing. This is the best video ever. Yeah, it is. If you know, you know. Happy Diwali, Happy and, Diwali them and them man. Yeah. So 4th of November. So we are going to recommend some films and TV from all featuring Indian talent. Okay. Uh, Holly, you said you're in your Bollywood bag. I'm in my Bollywood bag. Okay, so fun fact, I really love Bollywood. Mm. Let me tell you why and where this came from. So 
Where I used to live growing up, we had a corner shop man who we really, really got on with, Raj. Mm. I think if you like Nollywood, you tend to like Bollywood. And yeah. Bollywood is huge in Nigeria. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Oh, it has gosh, all the so things cool. that they're going to love. It's drama, it's love, it's music, and it's three hours long. Mm. So, like, Raj knew this about us. So he used to give us, like, DVDs and cassettes and mm. videotapes for me to watch. And two of the films he gave us, who I think are both now on Netflix, was Raja Indistani mm. and Gucci Gucci Otaye. The songs in it are brilliant. So there's a song in Gucci Gucci Otaye, which me and my sister still randomly just call each other and be like, ha, ha, na, na, ha, Gucci Gucci Otaye. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a also, good song. what does that mean? I'm not too sure, but okay. I'll tell you what the film is about. The film is about a little girl whose mum's died. Okay. She dies very early on in the film and her mum's dying wish was that the little girl hooks up her dad with a new partner. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So there's someone from his past who was like, I guess the one that got away before his wife sort of thing. He's always had a thing for, I think they met in college or whatever. Yeah. So the little girl finds out about this person that her dad's always had a thing for, goes to go find her, but the woman is engaged. So it's like the little girl trying to figure out how to make sure that the woman ends up with her dad. That's cute. And it's her little adventures that she goes wearing the little train. There's loads of music in it. It's like brightly coloured. They've got beautiful outfits on. Mm. So I would actually recommend Gucci Gucci Otaye. Rajan Asani and Gucci Gucci Otaye are like big films in that culture. But there is loads on Netflix. There's tons and tons on Netflix. I mean, one of the biggest shows that I've heard of is Sacred Games. I've always actually been meaning to watch it. I think it's on like season three or something like that. Mm. It's a crime thriller oh yeah i think there was a novel first like it's huge it is huge now that we've seen that squid game is the biggest netflix show ever yeah let it be known right now that netflix when it comes to a lot of the non-english or non-based in england slash america titles bang yeah they're brilliant more than in my opinion the english and american ones yeah it's what happens when you let other cultures tell their story or tell their story yeah you're right you're right like Different perspective. It's going to be a new story. Even yeah. if it's the same... Like, for example, I always say that Nollywood has this... If they're ever going to be a storyline, it's going to be a woman in her 30s, mm-hmm. is not married, her parents pushing her to get married, she has a year or a couple of weeks to find a husband. Mm-hmm. They have done that narrative to the death. Yeah. But because it's a different culture, there's a different perspective on it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's the thing. It's just kind of like telling stories from a different lens. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I feel like... In my opinion, make it your goal this year or next year to watch more non-English slash American stuff on Netflix. I really feel like everybody should because there's so much great stuff. So much great stuff. Start with obviously Tanani's recommendations or you can start with Please watch Kuchu Kuchu Yataye. Like, please. And learn all the songs. It's so lovely. Like a really nice Sunday afternoon. Not nothing to do. Three hours spare. Watch a nice film, good. Mm, sure. But yeah, happy Diwali and man. man. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to find us, you can find uh, Netflix UK at Netflix UK on all social media platforms and at Netflix on TikTok. And you can find me at Smile Gina, that's G E N A on all platforms. And you can find me at Tolly underscore T on Instagram and on Twitter. And uh, happy Scorpio season, everybody. Uh, it's my birthday on the 7th of November. So don't forget. Okay. Love you guys. Thank you.